Hey, this is Andy Curtis from Magneto Sports, and you're listening to Podcasher. This show is sponsored by the FTF Geocacher Magazine, a must-subscribe for all geocachers. This full-color, glossy magazine is released every two months and is chock-full of stories, articles, pictures, instruction, humor, milestones, and more. Sign up today at ftfgeocacher.com. This is the Podcaster Podcast. The podcast all about geocaching. We consistently deliver high-quality, family-friendly shows that are informative, inspirational, and entertaining. Welcome to the show. I'm Sunny. And I'm Sandy. From sunny San Diego, California. Welcome to Podcaster. This show is packed with geocaching goodness, news, tips and tricks, and tools of the trade. Also, interviews, geocaching events, and stories from around the world. You can find show notes with links mentioned on the show and a lot more geocaching goodies at podcaster.com. So, with that, let's get on with the show. Hello and welcome to another Podcaster podcast. We are glad you're here with us for show 733 for November 16th, 2020. And once again, hopefully, if things are right in your area, you had some time and the availability to go geocaching. Last week for us was uh, kind of a busy but fun busy kind of kind of week. Well, uh, Wednesday for us here in the U.S. was Veterans Day holiday. Uh-huh. And it was kind of fun to have a day off, both from Sunny's work and school, in the middle, in the of, middle the of the week. Yes. It was on Wednesday. I agree. And yeah, we squeezed nice. a lot in. Yeah, we did. <laughs> we started off with some disc golf and then took Sailor to that off-leash dog park that we love to go to mm-hmm. and then had lunch out, which the, Sean loves to Yeah. And then we did some skateboarding, some scootering, and of course, some geocaching. And we found an interesting virtual in a corner of Balboa Park that we talk about all the time. That we'd actually never visited before. I've lived here all my life, never been there before. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's a huge park, but we thought we had explored all the edges of it, but we yeah. hadn't. We also got our points for the memory lane promotion up to 199, <laughs> just because we like to hover on the precipice. Yeah. But we did go over the precipice on Saturday, and we'll tell you about that a little bit later in the show. That's right. But you know what? We have a great show planned for you today, even with all those precipices going on. We have a chat about a new kind of skateboard that would be great for urban geocaching locomotion. Also some reports in from WWFM events around the world. Yes, they did happen. Also a question and some answers about getting back into geocaching. Seven years of geocaching films and much more. All right. First up, a new geocaching search for the difficulty and terrain grid in the news. Geocaching and GPS news. 
First up in geocaching and GPS news, Geocaching HQ rolls out the new searchable difficulty terrain grid. Yeah, this is pretty cool, actually. So, you know, many geocachers enjoy the variety of challenges that take geocaching beyond the simple, uh, you know, find a cache, put it back, and find another one kind of hunt. Some like to fill out their difficulty and terrain grid as part of their goals. Well, Geocaching HQ shared uh, this to help those seeking to meet those challenges. And here's what they had to say. We are introducing a handy new feature that makes it a whole lot easier to set a goal and stick to it. If you've been wanting to fill your difficulty and terrain grid, it's time to revisit it with the new ability to search for all the specific combinations you're missing. Whether you're just starting out or have already filled out your difficulty and terrain grid, the new searchable DT grid can help you achieve that goal. So note that the DT grid is part of the geocaching advanced statistics, which is what you can get if you're a premium member. And we should also mention, I think we've said this before on the show, that this is something that you can do in Project GC as well, to search for what you're missing in the difficulty and terrain grid. And you can compare them to see, you know, there's probably little differences in how the searching is. Mm -hmm. But this is something that they've added right on geocaching.com under the statistics. Nice, nice. And here's how it works. You view your statistics on geocaching.com and you scroll until you reach the difficulty and terrain grid. Then use the button below the grid to search for all the DT com- combinations you still have to find or click directly on the grid square to search for that specific combo. Uh, you can also search results. They're, they're going to be displayed in a list format, which is nice. Now, have you already filled out your grid? Then the Fill Your Grid Again button will open search results with all the DT combinations that currently have the lowest number in your grid. You can also use the individual search by clicking on the exact combination you'd like to find on the grid, which is really nice. Let's mm-hmm. say that you want to target this one specific thing, you know, it'll filter for that. And you can also further refine your DT search results by filters such as cache type, location, cache size, and much, much more. And in particular, the location is helpful if you're going to yeah. go on a trip and you wherever you're going to go, uh, there might be some DT combinations there that you haven't had before. That's a good point. And yeah. so that's a really handy thing to use. Nice. So this is very cool. Go ahead and uh, check out the... Uh, statistics page and and figure out how you can use this to start planning uh, your geocaching trips. And one last piece of news that Joyo Noel Christmas Exchange that we mentioned on the last show Mm -hmm. is now live. You can find the link in the show notes and the deadline is November 26th. So if you want to participate, you'll want to jump on that right away. All right, first up in podcast or email, we heard from 68 Gypsy. And they wrote and said, I was listening to your most recent podcast on Monday and heard my name. I was so excited. I backed it up and heard it again. (laughs) That's funny. LOL, great shows. I hope you can give me some insight. I was married to my husband for 11 years. He was not a cashier, but he supported me. I slowly got away from it, only grabbing caches along our travels at rest stops. Bruce passed in December 2019, and I find myself not very motivated about getting out. I have built some great caches, and I still maintain the one at the end of my street. Any suggestions? Thanks for the shout-out. It lifted my spirits. Keep on cashing, and that's 68 Gypsy. Well, we did respond back to 68 Gypsy, and I thought, you know, we'd share it here in case it can help someone else as well who might be in that kind of situation. Yeah. So, you know, starting off, it's a tough time with the pandemic because normally we would suggest try to attend some geocaching events because that's a great way to meet people that maybe you can go geocaching with or it might just get you excited about geocaching again. But if there are no events allowed in your area, which is the case in many places, then that's not going to work at the moment. 
But another suggestion is to filter for high favorite geocaches in your area. You know, for us, it's not that exciting to find normal LPCs or guardrail caches or just a cache in a dumpy area, you know, with not much imagination. But if you can find a few high quality caches, then that could spark your interest again. Yeah, that's true. You know, another question is, is there any family member or friend who might go with you? You know, even if they're not totally into caching, they might be willing to keep you company. And who knows, maybe they'll get excited about it as well, you know, especially if the caches are cool. Right, right. right. Also, it, I think, you know, when you take newbies out, it's really cool to see their reaction to some caches that you, maybe you've already found or like, whoa, I didn't know that geocaches could be so so creative or clever. Yeah, yeah. and that could kind of get you excited again. Yeah, yeah. Now, I don't know if what you're experiencing can be described as burnout, but we did do a blog post a while back uh, that that has some helpful suggestions. And then we also did another blog post that might provide some inspiration. And these two posts are how to beat geocaching burnout and the many gifts of geocaching. Mm. And so we'll link to them in the show notes as well. And uh, if any of you are also feeling kind of that way, that those blog posts might help a little bit. And if you guys out there have any other ideas or suggestions that might help out 68 Gypsy or anyone else who's in that kind of mind frame, please let us know and we'll share them on a future show. This most recent Saturday was beautiful out here mm-hmm. in San Diego. It Great is November, <laughs> but it was like perfect weather. Yeah. It really was. And we took out a uniquely designed skateboard on a bike trail down in San Diego, and we did a little bit of filming for a video, but we went out there and found a bunch of geocaches. And I just have to let you know, we got our last point in the memory lane souvenir <laughs> yes, promotion. We and Well, we got a lot more points, but yeah. all we really needed was that one to give us that final souvenir. And we got our last two Ancient Wonders of the World, so we got the two final souvenirs for that promotion as well. Yeah. So we need some new promotions now yeah, we have. to have some more goals to go for. Yeah, yeah yes, though. That's cool. Yeah. Now, you guys know, if you've been listening to this podcast for any length of time, I love skateboards. You know, they're nimble. They're a portable way that you can get around to find caches. Just keep them in your trunk of your car and then park the car. You could get around pretty quickly. But the board you're going to hear about next uh, in this interview is designed differently enough to catch my eye. And uh, I'll tell you why. Some reasons why it might be the right choice for geocaches. So let's go ahead and take a listen to that interview. Hey guys, today we are talking to uh, Andy Curtis from Magneto Boards. Hey, welcome Andy. Hey, thanks for having me. All right. Hey Andy, before we get uh, to the main reason we're chatting with you today, just curious, have you uh, have you ever gone geocaching? I have never gone, but after talking with you folks for a little bit, I've already signed up for an account, <laughs> and I've definitely got it on the list of things to do in the near future. Nice. Now, uh, you you have friends that have gone geocaching? You've heard about this I before? I do. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I do. I have a couple buddies um, who rave about it. They, you know, when there's nothing to do or whatever, they head out, and then sometimes they even make weekend plans out of out of trips. Nice, nice. Now, a lot of people, a lot, a lot of listeners to our show know that one of my favorite ways of getting around for urban geocaching is skateboards, and that's one of the reasons we're talking to you today. You know, I've always thought skateboards are portable; they're easy to keep. Uh, I mean, actually, several in the trunk of your car for those spontaneous urban cash runs, and you know, there's no need for a bike rack or all that pre preparation. And they're also easy and uh, easy to maintain. And I know a lot of our listeners are thinking, oh, 
This is just another skateboard, but honestly, it's a little different. This uh, low glider uh, skateboard that I've been riding on from Magneto, it kind of stands out from other skateboards, kind of caught my eye. So, Andy, do you think you can tell us some of the things that make uh, the low glider a little different? Yeah. um, So these are, it's the glider series of longboards that we just developed, and they've recently launched and excuse the pun, but the big difference that these make is their big wheels. Mm -hmm. Um, They use a pretty large 100 millimeter wheel, which is almost double the size of a regular longboard wheel. And they're skinny, kind of like scooter wheels. Mm -hmm. Um, And so what that allows you to do is go over some pretty rough terrain really smoothly. It also allows the board to glide a lot longer. So you don't have to work as hard when you push. And it makes for a really kind of fun uh, ride style. It, it kind of, when you're carving and turning, feels a little bit different than a regular longboard would. Um, and it's just a blast to ride. Yeah, yeah. And I've been riding mine around, going going to find geocaches, and it is a lot of fun. One of the things that I remember from when I started learning to skateboard long, long, many decades ago, was the occasional time I would catch on a pebble on, you know, these sort of steamroller wheels and, you know, you, you, you get kicked off and it's it's a little bit of a surprise. That hasn't happened to me on the low glider primarily for the two reasons you said. One, it's a really large diameter wheel and also it's thinner. So it's sort of like, oh, I don't know, uh, inline skate rollerblade wheels or, or scooter wheels. Actually, it's the same size as my son's uh, uh, scooter wheel on on his uh, on his scooter, and so it, it it deals really well. But the one thing I noticed and that caught my eyes because it's such a big wheel, it kind of ra- it would normally raise the platform of the deck. But you solved that as well, right? And there's there's a way to get that the deck even lower. Exactly. So on all of the uh, glider collection boards, the the big challenge, like you mentioned, is with a big wheel the deck is inherently going to be a lot higher off the ground, which is, it's bad for a lot of reasons. It's not as stable. It's harder and more exhausting to push. It's bad for your hips because there's such a big Mm. difference when you push. So the challenge is how do you get the deck with those large wheels? How do you get the deck back low to the ground to make it a usable board? And so the way we've done that with the low glider is we actually use a drop down deck design where the platform that you're standing on is actually a good inch, almost two inches um, lower than the area where the trucks are mounted to the deck. Mm. So it drops you down a good two inches lower to the ground, making it a lot easier to push, more stable to ride, um, and kind of brings it back into a usable form factor versus if it were still up high like that. Mm-hmm. It, and, and not only is it drop down, but also it's something uh, what they call drop through, right? The trucks aren't mounted to the bottom of the board per se. They kind of go through a hole, so it, it sits even lower. Exactly. So two, two big design features, drop down and the drop through. And the drop through, just like you said, the, uh, the trucks are mounted to the top of the deck versus the bottom of the deck. And you get an extra half inch or so of uh, height in that closer to the ground. Yeah. Now, this deck, I mean, obviously it's made by Magneto boards, but it's it's kind of custom, right? I mean, it drops so low that you wouldn't want to use regular skateboard wheels on it. I mean, even big 70 millimeter or 75 millimeter, you, you wouldn't want to because it's actually dropped so low, it would be too low. It wouldn't work, yeah. yeah. The, the, deck, the deck would rub against the ground. Um, you could you could actually use larger wheels. Mm. Uh, they make 
um, there's some aftermarket scooter wheels that are larger than 100 millimeters that you could throw on there. Oh. It's just the deck is going to start rising up above the ground a little bit further mm-hmm. as you do that. But yeah, it's definitely custom for these wheels. Um, you wouldn't really want to use it with your regular longboard wheels at all. It, it just, it wouldn't work. Right, right. Now, you know, this deck obviously, or the entire board, the, the complete board is designed for a certain kind of rider, right? There are so many different kinds of skateboarders out there. I mean, uh, they, they, they do different things. Who do you think this board is not for? And then who is this board really m- more made for? Yeah, so this board, there there are, like you said, there's a wide range of skaters and longboarders out there, mm. um, all the way from novice to there's even some professional guys that are getting paid to do this. So who it's not oh. for are those higher tier guys looking to do extreme stunts and bomb hills and go really fast and some guys go sideways and slide. <laughs> That's not what this is for. Yeah. This is for kind of your everyday Weekend warrior likes to get out and uh, skate uh, either by themselves or with family. And it's really designed for cruising. So down at the beach or on a bike trail or really in a park, that type of stuff, kind of distance stuff where you're just having a good time. Yeah, you can carve and and, uh, turn and stuff very easily, but uh, it's really for that kind of weekend warrior cruiser type uh writer yeah and and that's what i've enjoyed about it you know i'm a little older than i was decades ago i don't do tricks as much anymore but just getting out there in the warm california sunshine and cruising around on a great day really enjoying it and finding geocaches especially on bike trails because they're they're almost perfect for this you know when i found geocaches using a bike I'd have to get off, find the geocache, get back on the bike. And after a while, after finding several, it gets to be a little tiresome. Using a skateboard is perfect because you, you don't have that much. It's not as quite as cumbersome, I should say. All right. Well, um, you know, Magneto boards are priced really well. But for listeners to this particular episode, head on over to the show notes for this particular show. And you can get an extra 10% off on Magneto Longboards, and they've got a, a wide selection, so uh, it depends on your riding style. You can find something that suits you. And that 10% off is using the uh, the, cor- uh, the code PODCASHER. So use that on your next purchase uh, on Magneto Longboards. All right, Andy, well, it's been great chatting with you. Uh, tell us, how can we find out more about Magneto Boards and the Low Glider? Yeah, you can head on over to our website, magnetoboards.com. There's plenty of information there uh, for your listeners to kind of digest. And then we also have a social media presence. So we have an Instagram and a Facebook, and we do a little bit of YouTube as well. Um, So all those places are a great place to learn more about the products. All right, perfect. And again, for our listeners, head on over to the show notes. You can find out more and go check it out yourself. All right, Andy, once again, a pleasure chatting with you, and we'll talk to you soon. Ditto. Thanks. Bye. We want to send out a huge thank you to our club members who are the ones who provide the funds that allow us to keep on podcasting each and every week. Thank you for being part of our Podcaster Club member family. Podcaster is supported by real geocachers just like you. People like Kim, also known as Slyon62 from Texas, Gerald, aka Mountain Radio Man from Montana. Janet, also known as Weather IT from the UK, Lynn, also known as Estes Lynn from Colorado, and the Hilti family, aka Three Stars 
from Alberta, Canada. Yeah. Now, these are just everyday geocachers just like you who've chosen to step up and support our work to craft and create the geocaching goodness that we bring you. You can join them today at podcaster.com slash club to get all the club member perks. Now, if you haven't before, won't you consider joining the Podcaster Club? Being a club member, you can rest easy knowing that you're helping support our efforts to bring the geocaching world great content, and you have our most sincere thanks and appreciation. The Coronavirus COVID Pandemic Epidemic WWFM Report. (laughs) Yes, it's very different this year. Yes, it is. Just like everything else in our lives, right? Yeah. So this past weekend, November 14th, was the date we picked for those who wanted to and were able to host WWFM for 2020. And due to the current pandemic just as we expected, there were very few WWFM events that were held. Yeah. You know, someday this COVID is going to be enough in the past so that we really will hold a true and proper geocaching worldwide flash mob once again. And what a celebration that's <laughs> going to be then. But until then, listen to some of the fun events that were held around the world this year. We heard from Kitty Catch in Canberra, Australia. She said, I hosted a flash mob today where we, quote, painted the town red. Lots of cashers put on a red shirt or a red hat and did a great job with the flash mob. Nice, nice. We also heard from Coon and Bud in Arkansas who said this. We had 16 attendees this year. The theme was favorite COVID masks. <laughs> Several were homemade masks. We all uh, ate Lifesaver Wintergreen mints as the meal. This is the eighth year for this event at the same overlook of the Arkansas River. I gave away official path tags for the WWFM uh, 2020 and donated by Nuke Worker and Racquetball Girl. There were also a drawing for uh, Chris Mackey Geocoin, Stay Safe But Stay Connected. I also had drawings for some path tags from last year's WWFM. Everyone who wanted got a prize. Uh, everyone who wanted a prize got a prize. Nice. Uh, even the two little boys who attended got a trophy again, donated by uh, NWRBG. Thanks again, and see you all next year. From Emily Renee in Oregon, she said, I hear we had one of the few WWFM 2020 events yep. on November 14th. 17 people were in attendance in Coos Bay, Oregon. Our theme was celebrating community since we can't be together as often as we wish. Nice. Uh, we also heard from Scrabble Hounds in Pennsylvania. They said this, our flash mob was held at a small local park. It was a beautiful sunny day and more geocachers attended than what I thought would be there. We wore our masks, and some held up placards stating what COVID meant to them during these trying times. Three dogs were also in attendance, and we had fun. I I like having geocaching events at this park because of a very hard geocache located within the park. It's called the Heck With This, (laughs) placed by geocacher Alan Freed. It's always fun to watch cachers search for this matchstick container located on a hillside in the park. (laughs) A group down in New Zealand held a CETO, which is kind of different for their WWFM event. And then in Canada, on Prince Edward Island, the attendees were given these instructions. This year's WWFM celebrates the 20th anniversary of geocaching, Mm -hmm. looking back and looking ahead. As a result, a pair of funky eyeglasses could be helpful for seeing things. Therefore, channel your inner Elton John and create the wildest pair of glasses you can and come prepared to model them with with true Canadian class, Mm -hmm. accessorized with a stylish toque. And necktie. Nice. Is that how you say that? I think so. It's a hat, yeah. right? Yeah. Check out the show Flickr set for photos from many of these WWFM events. And we look forward to hopefully getting back to normal with the WWFM next year. Right. 
Well, most of you know about the GIF, G-I-F-F, the Geocaching International Film Festival that's normally held around this time of year. Well, here's a bit of the background as well as some news about the GIF. So in 2013, an intrepid group of lackeys banded together to create an event so spectacular it would send shockwaves around the international geocaching community, the Geocaching International Film Festival. What first started as an event in Seattle quickly grew to an international phenomenon with hundreds of annual events in 71 countries. The first gift took place in 2013 after the block party held outside Geocaching HQ. It was a beautiful August day and hundreds of geocachers gathered beneath a giant inflatable screen to enjoy the creations of the community. We saw films that made us laugh, cry, and get inspired. Mm -hmm. Our gift journeys brought us through space, on FTF hunts, and to beautiful places around the globe. Geocachers showcased their creativity through various media such as stop motion, claymation, and animation. We saw genres like Western, action, silent film, and more. Thanks to event hosts around the world, the creativity of GIF entrants gets featured prominently as numerous events are held in movie theaters. In 2018, the first GIF mega event was held in Cologne, Germany at a drive-in movie theater. Over the years, almost 3,000 events have been held across 71 countries. Now, as we announced last year, GIF is taking a brief intermission until the credits roll on 2020. (laughs) Don't we all just can't wait for 2020 to be over? So true. However, that doesn't mean we can't look back at seven exciting years of GIF this year. Look out for the best of GIF Reel coming out on November 17th, which is just a few days from now. On a recent show, we shared about spooky geocaches, and we heard from Danny Carrier again about a cache that she owns. All right, listen to this. She said, the final cache location isn't spooky, but solving this puzzle has freaked out a few people. I was recently honored to have this cache picked for a Master of Mystery cache in Belgium. The premise of this cache was based off of one I'd found outside of Kansas City several years ago. You need to stay up all night to gather the coordinates to the final location. And so she says, in our version, there are several evil tricks to make it next to impossible to cheat. Although I understand if cashers in Europe solve this, it's much easier due to their time zones. And you need to read through some of the logs to see people's reactions to it. Mm -hmm. And that's thanks. And again, came to us from Danny Casher. Now, the cash is called Can't Sleep, Clowns Will Eat Me in Manitoba, Canada. And if you don't like clowns yeah. and you go to the, the description page with yeah. clown pictures all over, you're already kind of freaked out. You're right. <laughs> right. So if you've got the clownophobia, then uh, this one might not be for you. But it's interesting. So what it is, is it's a web page, right? Mm-hmm. And it's set somehow to time so that essentially you have to stay up and keep watching the web page. And I guess it evolves. It gives you more information over like time through the night. Yeah. But you have to stay up through all those hours to see it or capture it. Yeah. So this is an interesting thing. Obviously, it's a puzzle cache. Mm-hmm. And but in, in order to get those final coordinates, you have to just wait and wait. And maybe, you know, <laughs> or I guess the clowns will eat yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. And, and be observant as the uh, as the clowns are, are always a threat over there. So I love geocaches like this. I mean, they're they're different. They they stretch it past the the point of what people would normally think of as a geocache. And uh, it makes it a little, little, little more, uh, a little more fun and interesting, I think. Anyway, head on over to the show notes for this particular show. We'll put links on it and check it out. And maybe you could go try it yourself, as long as you're not afraid of clowns. Pot 
Podcaster Games and Contest. Here at Podcaster, we love to play games and contests that gives you guys opportunities to win Groovalicious swag. So we have a new giveaway we're going to do. And before the pandemic arrived this year, we had already arranged to create the WWFM 2020 Path Tags. Yeah. Because this was long before we knew what 2020 would turn out to be like. So true. And many of you purchased them to have a memento memento of this really strange year. And so thanks to you, the Path Tags sold out. Sold out. So there's no way to get them anymore. Yep. However, we have a pack of these Path Tags. And since we weren't able to host our San Diego version of the WWFM, we have some extra to share with some of you guys. Yeah, yeah. Now, this is going to be our new giveaway. If you don't have a WWFM 2020 path tag and you would like a chance to get one, please enter the contest by sending us an email with the subject WWFM 2020 path tag. And in the email, let us know your idea for a great WWFM theme. Mm-hmm. This could be one you've participated in before, or it could be just a new idea from inside your head. And we might be able to gather these ideas together for future WWFM hosts to get inspiration from for future flash mob events. Yeah. So send your email to podcaster at gmail.com. And the deadline to enter the giveaway is going to be Friday, December 4th, 2020. Yeah. You know, and these are nicely designed path tags. They, they were designed before the plague happened this year. <laughs> yes. And, you know, if you think about it, they're no longer available. So they're collector's items to a degree. Yeah. And these are one of those things that someday far in the future, you'll be able to t- tell your geocaching grandkids. <laughs> I remember that time when they had a WWFM, but there wasn't a WWFM <laughs> because of the pandemic. I couldn't go to one, I but go, I have a path but tag. I have have this path tag yeah so uh, if you want to win one of these it's not too hard uh head on over to the show for this particular show send your email to podcaster gmail.com and let us know your idea for a wwfm theme And that theme song means we are done with the geocaching goodness, at least for today's show. And it's now time for a quick Sela update. Sela update today, because on Monday, November 16th, mm. which is tomorrow as we're recording, is Sela's third birthday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Can't believe she's three years old. Three years old. She's yeah. come a long way. You know, when we first got her, she was eight weeks old. Mm-hmm. A tiny little thing, really, really small. And she's absolutely by far the smallest dog I've ever owned. Yeah. But over the three years, we've all grown to love her. And she is, she's smart. Uh, she's a little protective. <laughs> She's got the Chihuahua gene in her yep. where, where, you know, she is very, uh, she'll warm up to you. Like, you know, if we hung out for a little while and she knows that you're okay, not a threat, she will warm up to you. It just takes a little while. But boy, when we walk through a crowd, because, you know, there's large crowds here in San Diego mm-hmm. in Bubble Park, Mission Bay. She ignores people. Everything is just fine. Unless... This stranger tries to pet her. And she looks cute and she looks small. Especially little kids. Oh, my little gosh. Little kids start going, oh, what a cute dog you toward her. Boy, she yeah. doesn't like that. No, she does not. And she immediately will start to growl and try to make you go away or get behind <laughs> us and use this as a, like a defensive post. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's interesting because she's very cute. And, and again, she's a bright dog, but she just has that temperament. If you guys, for those of you who've owned dogs, you know what it's like. It's sort of like you, you get what you get some mm-hmm. of them are more playful more goofy more serious and some dogs like 
to be cuddled and other ones don't, surprisingly enough. Yeah. But Sela is who she is. And so now she's three years old. Yep. Yeah. She's been a good geocaching pup, actually, yeah. coming out and, you know, doing... Taking doing, her out so, yeah, a few times. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, okay, guys, that is going to do it for today's show. Thank you so much for uh, listening to podcast. We know you got a lot of entertainment choices out there, but we do appreciate you being part of the community. We mean that sincerely. So many of you contribute so much to the show and make it the rich geocaching content that we bring you guys each week. Do us a big favor if you enjoy the effort that we put into this show. Tell other geocachers about Podcasher. Send them on over to podcasher.com or let them know about the many different ways that they can download and listen to the show each and every week. All right, guys, get on out there when you can. Stay safe so that someday when we get through this, all of us can keep on caching. Bye. Well, that's it for the show today. We hope you enjoyed it. Make sure to visit our website at podcaster.com. You'll find our show notes, useful links, and tons of resources. We always love to hear from you. Our email is podcaster at gmail.com. You can also call the Podcaster hotline at 760-300-3633. Find out all the ways you can contact us at podcaster.com slash contact. Till next time, stay safe and keep on cashing.